okay? I don't know. I'm kind of fucked up in general, so it's hard to gauge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss the films that we feel are underrated, underappreciated, and even the ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. My name is Derek McDuff. With me today is fellow member of the Undercast Company, Ariel Ortiz. Hello. We also have a special guest joining us today is filmmaker Justin Joseph Hall of Four Wind Films. Films like the award-winning Prologue have been featured in festivals around the world. And additionally, he hosts the podcast Feature and a Short. So thank you for being here, Justin. Oh, thank you for having me. This is fun. And uh, thanks for letting me uh, uh, propose a movie, too. That was even more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like like you were saying, uh, Justin uh, did pick the film we're talking about today, which is Death to Smoochie, a uh, 2002 black comedy Focusing on the seedy underworld of children's entertainment television, <laughs> uh, directed by Danny DeVito, uh, the film stars the late great Robin Williams, Ed Norton, Ed Norton, excuse me, as well as Kathleen Keener, John Stewart, and Danny DeVito himself. Uh, the film, which follows an ousted entertainer out for revenge, was a disappointment both financially and critically, with only a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, and only made about eight million dollars on a 50 million dollar budget. But despite all of this, it has earned a number of loyal fans over the intervening years. Uh, Justin, since you chose the film, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about why you love it? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I think it has to do a lot with, well, number one, the story is amazing. And the way that they fit together lists like, I don't know, 16 different like side characters and the two main characters. I just think it's like a very, very solidly written story that I, I, I can't believe that they bring the Irish uh, family into fruition later in the story. I thought they were just a joke for 10 seconds and all of the characters, uh, you know, uh, come in to be important in the, in the overall story. And then I also, just like uh, the performances, obviously Robin Williams and anything where he can be goofy. And this one, I mean, when he's at, his character is a disingenuine children's uh, entertainer, which is, uh, I think, just like a perfect role for him. Um, and then, frankly, I've just had a crush on Catherine Keener since I ever saw her. So, um Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And so she's like, she's an amazing actress and she knows how to do comedy. She can do drama. I think she does so well in comedy because she's so great in drama and she has beautiful eyes. So what can you do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I believe anything she says. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just think it's like, like an absolutely um, flawless story. Um, such an interesting cast. And then Danny DeVito also, I mean, he does, like, really, he directs in an easy way to edit and in post, where, you know, they're, like, shot, reverse shot, even when people are falling on the ground and these these comic falls or or whatever. But it works, and he paces it out. I mean, it's so fast-paced and never really relents for the entire, uh, how long is it, 90 minutes, two hours? Yeah, it's, almost it's, two a, hours, it's a, good, it's a good quick movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I can't, sure. I mean, I'm also, you know, totally into um, anything dark or disturbing. And uh, 
And this is also funny on top of that, so it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm a really big fan of dark comedies as well as anybody who's listening to this podcast knows. Like that's kind of my jam. Uh, this is a movie that I I had seen bits and pieces of it over the years. Like I, it was always on Comedy Central. I feel like for like ten years, especially when John Stewart was hosting The Daily Show, they're like, oh yeah, like let's let's put this on. You know, whenever I just remember seeing that promo. Just hearing Robin Williams over and over, just, I'm a wicked man who's done wicked acts. Like, I heard that on so many commercials. And when he said in the movie, I'm like, oh, it's a thing. And I'd seen bits and pieces of it. Like, I remember seeing, like, the Nazi rally and stuff and just, like, random parts. But I had never seen the movie back to front. So it was good to be like, okay, put the pieces together and kind of watch this. And like you said, I do think that, you know, the, the Robin Williams does bring this kind of, like, energy that not really anybody else would be able to bring to this character where he does kind of have this, like, you know, he puts on this show and he's this kind of like big, bigger than life, Rainbow Randolph, but he's got this like real just darkness to the character. And you're just like, you know, it just kind of, even he slips into those voices and he does all these things. And, but you still, you can't, you kind of are glad that he gets redeemed at the end. Like he's a good mm-hmm. guy. I'm not mm-hmm. usually a big Edward Norton fan, but I actually thought he did pretty good in this. Um, I like that there's hints that he kind of had this darker past and it kind of comes out at the end where he's like about to shoot the guy in the head and, you know, he talks about how he had to go to anger management, and that's kind of like where this the crux of this character that he's invented um, came from, where the rhino came from, and just I love all the just kind of like weird, just sight gags and just dark humor in it. Um, really unique. I can see why this movie, you know, did not do very well at the box office because it is just like dark and bizarre, and you know, I think Dan DeVito is. Um, you know, he's an actor's director, you know, him being obviously being like a really prolific actor. He knows how to work really well with his fellow actors and get all these great performances out of every uh, everybody for sure. For sure. Mm. So as somebody who grew up as a child of these kind of like um, child entertainers um, and then also I, I had seen this movie like essentially right after it came out it, uh, my grandmother had like um you know the Miramax Showtime H- um HBO and I guess I think it played on one of those channels and um so like it was always on in that regard too because you know they have like a certain set of of movies so so yeah so I I've known this movie for a while um when you suggested it, I was like interesting choice okay like yeah <laughs> like um <laughs> uh and then yeah like like i said like you know i was a child of the of these like generation of entertainers you know barney and mr rogers to a nicer degree reading rainbow all the pbs classics um Mm, classics yeah and um and you know they had that formula of like oh you know you start off with the same song and then and then you they they like learn a lesson or or something like that and then it goes on to another the closing song and stuff um but yeah like rewatching it right now i'm like like you said it is so fast paced it's like it's still very interesting of a movie um and then i was thinking like this is just very weirdly like both uh, a, a a natural successor to Matilda, which was you know Danny DeVito's like <laughs> you know first movie of, or, of directing, and then also like the opposite of Matilda in a way. <laughs> so it, it plays both both sides, and like yeah, it's just like showing um you know the dark side that that Robin Williams had to his comedy, especially his stand up. 
you know, he had elements of his stand-up that were very dark, um, but humorous, and, and this kind of, like, definitely, you know, built on that, and, like, um, and, and then, yeah, like, like, with the John Stewart of it all being in it, I, I still remember that classic, um, to, um, uh, Daily Show clip where Matt Damon is there and he's like a, a, or, or it was either The Daily Show or when that short stint when he was like the Tonight oh no it was The Daily Show and like he's like well at least it wasn't debt to Smoochie because like Jon Stewart's like <laughs> ragging, him, <laughs> ragging him about like a, another stupid um, I think it was like stuck on you to Matt Damon like oh, oh stuck on you was so bad and he's like well at least it wasn't yeah and then it just like floored Jon Stewart <laughs> uh, <laughs> like he couldn't come back from that um and um yeah it's just such a it's it's one of those movies that stick stick with you like without you knowing it like because rewatching it right um today it was just very much like oh yeah i remember those lines i remember that and like um like you said it's so dark and and uh, for me like i enjoy like edward norton's like um especially his run in in the um um Wes Anderson movies like it's uh, this kind of like little subdued version of of this character yeah yeah it's similar but a bit more subdued where this is just flat out like dumbass (laughs) like not dumbass but you know simpleton you know and um and then yeah I did enjoy like getting those those like little kind of hints of like oh yeah he was like he did have a dark past but not enough like to like be like Oh, like scandalous and stuff like that, but, um, but yeah, and like, um, uh, was there Ka- Catherine? Um, Keener. Keener. Keener's character Keener. is just like, Keener. like for uh, to start off with, I was like, she's so bitchy and stuff like that, and then and then like she kind of softens up and like, like the reason why she is bitchy is because she's trying to keep herself from falling into that like because she's like essentially like a a, a groupie <laughs> of these kind of characters and stuff so um but yeah it was definitely it's definitely an interesting turn on something that you know i grew up with and i'm sure that there was some kind of like scandals you know but for the most part those kind of those actors were good people um Hopefully, oh, Barney. <laughs> but, I remember. Like, Barney there's a might whole be contro- a, a controversy. I know Elmo is yeah. a controversy, mm, yeah. um, but at least we got oh, Mister yeah. Rogers, Captain Kangaroo, and yeah, and thank and, God Steve and, came back, came out of the woodwork and just like told us we were all doing mm-hmm. great like a week ago. Yeah, yeah. You want to hear a crazy better. story about Steve uh, that I have? Is that yes? I got, please. I got invited to his party one time, and I went over to his house. This is true. And it was like a mile from where I live now. And we went there and he has this place in Williamsburg and it's a long kind of apartment. And then he also has like this rooftop with fake grass and it was like made, it was really cool. And all this food was out. And, you know, I just moved to New York and I had a friend in town and we were like, we were like, oh my God, we're at Steve's house. And my, he's friends of my relative, uh, Marcellus Hall. And, um, 
uh, we're like, oh my God, it's Steve from Blue's Clues. He's like, oh yeah, he used to do this show or whatever, you know it? And I was like, yeah, my little brother watched it all the time, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we actually snooped through the house and we found that he had an orange chair. He had the orange chair in his house. Oh like, my oh. gosh. We, we sat down and took pictures, so it was pretty cool. Man. And then I met, and then I met That's him. That's really cool. And he That's actually awesome, said- That's awesome, man. I'm very jealous. Yeah. And he actually said he left. Oh, I found this out from Mark, but he left the Blue's Clues because he was balding hair. and yep. he didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he wrote yeah. articles and stuff about it too. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I didn't even recognize him because he had no hair. I think uh, that's why. I think that's why he was able to come back because kids are more more understanding of balding people. Oh man, I've seen my dad. I know where I'm going. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he wore a hat to kind of cover up. Yeah. I'm sure, like, kids nowadays would be like, no, you're my dad. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you look, you look like my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it, this movie Movie definitely is, like, a, a, a take that you would not – definitely, I have to I have to give it its original, originality because, like, who in the hell, heck would have thought of this idea, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, because this was at least before, like, uh, I don't know if it was like after the Barney thing, but this was at least before, like, the Elmo thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I feel like it came off of is like, oh, what if Barney was even, you know, I don't know, but what is that? You guys had a controversy about Barney? I didn't hear about that. I never heard of this. Apparently, he like yelled at a bunch of kids, like he cussed at a bunch of kids on some live set or something. Like one of the Barney performers, like. Freaked out, it was like, fuck your little kids or something like that. Like terrified a bunch of children and traumatized them or something. It might have been just an urban legend that I heard, you know, growing up. But like that's something I always heard. Was like Barney lost it one day and just like. That's funny. I looked up the the writer, just because we're talking about him so much. Adam Resnick, and uh, he wrote mm-hmm. Cabin Boy as well, and he was SNL and stuff. So I heard okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say before you mentioned John Stewart, both of you guys mentioned John Stewart and his acting. And I it's just like, I got to say that, that that is probably the reason why I can't give this thing a uh, perfect score, 10 stars. You know, <laughs> I looked up and the reason why I nominated it is because these things are it's 6.3 on IMDb and really low on Letterboxd, like a three or something. And uh, but mm-hmm. John Stewart's performance is so abysmal. Like he's like knows he's acting and he thinks. He thinks it's funny that he's on screen every time that he's on screen. You're like, what? You know, calm down, John Stewart. You've been on camera before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love John Stewart, but he's not good at this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like he's his. Yeah, like his. Um, I one thing I totally had forgotten that he was in it. Um, and then we came on. That's when I remembered the, the clip of like, oh yeah, Matt Damon. Um. um but but yeah, it's just like he his part could definitely not have like even existed. Like I mean, for the most part, he was with Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito alone could have just had that subplot. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Kind true. of a superfluous character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I was just gonna say that like I think that um you know kind of change the course here, but I think that this is a really interesting movie because there's basically like kind of like three kinds of like main character arc kind of movies. Like there's the ones you see all the time, which is like a positive arc, like a character goes through a positive change. And then there's a few of them that are like 
the negative change, like the Godfather two, like somebody gets worse. And then mm. there's the, the movies that are like the flat arcs, which you see in like, you know, like the seventies Superman movies with the Chris Reeves version or like Ted Lasso is a character that's like that. Somebody who just like stays the same, but it kind of like changes everybody around them for the better. And this movie does that, but it almost goes into like a negative, like he, mm-hmm. like you see him like kind of like, you know, take rainbow Randolph or Nora, like all these, like really just like, like jaded cynical people who've done these bad things and just kind of like turn them into like better people, especially with Nora. I think that was like one of the, be- my favorite things about the film was just seeing Kathleen Keener, just kind of like her performance from going to this, from this like very, very cynical person to kind of like somebody who is ready to just kind of like believe in goodness again. And, you know, at the end, she's kind of the one who pulls him back from the edge. And I, I really like that it was, even though it was such a dark film, because usually when you see those kind of like flat arc quote unquote characters, it's in something that's a lot more uplifting, um, you know, than, th- than this, but this is a really dark <laughs> film and to kind of mix that dark film with such a like character that is so inspirational, this Ted Lasso-esque almost figure, albeit with a dark past, was a really interesting mixture that was probably my, one of the things about the film that kind of most intrigued me. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I think, well, I think, you know, going back to that relationship with um, those two, I think, you know, they started early and uh, you can tell Edward Norton's just being kind, whatever, and she's like offset and then slowly the sexual tension goes in there. I mean, you assume, oh, they're both good-looking people, and, well, they always kind of, like, allude to it, and they pretend like it's not there, and they slowly, slowly develop it, and a lot of those scenes are really long, you know, they're sitting and talking in the office for a long time, and nothing's really happening except for character development, and and really setting the sexual tension between between the two, not like it's, like, it's still a comedy, it's not like, you know, a steamy, steamy film, and, you know, when they do have sex, it's just, like, the silly um some powers move exactly like a a stupid curtain and they're like diving (laughs) down at each other (laughs) but uh i think that both of them together uh i mean that's because they're both great drama actors and i think danny devito let them do that but you know i don't think you see scripts that very often i mean something like breathless you see where it's just like character development in one room and um having conversations but uh, I really like, I mean, I think that's what really sold it is, is the love story and, um, and then just the great writing that everything kind of inter- interweaves together with, with all of the side characters, even, even John Stewart's character, which we don't mm. need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you like really buy their chemistry. Like, you know, you see some movies, it's like, okay, like you're supposed to be together cause you're the two leads. And then sometimes it feels kind of forced, but you're just kind of like waiting. You're just like. And when she gets, she shows up at the house that one time and she, and you're like, oh, and they're like reminiscing. You're like, and they almost kiss, but she's kind of like pulls away. You're like, oh, what's going to happen here? And then they just kind of make you wait just a little bit longer. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those movies that just kind of really, you're just like, oh, come on. Are, are you going to kiss? Are you going to kiss? All right. And you're just waiting and waiting. And then it <laughs> finally happens. You're like, okay, you can kind of yeah, breathe but, again. But it doesn't feel corny, which I think mm-hmm. is great. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It feels very natural. Like the actors definitely have some really natural chemistry between them um for sure i would say yeah just a roller coaster of, of a movie like you <laughs> like he's he's non-stop you 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 know hold on tight and mm-hmm. there's all these different yeah character arcs you know there's there's the the rainbow randolph and the 
and then Smoochie and Nora and then the then the Irish mob and all that and it's just like such insanity and it just like just builds and builds and builds but it's like n doesn't topple you know it, it just it's mm -hmm. you know stands its ground and and then and yeah it like it, it ha and then it hits all these like different like somewhat stereotypical but like but all these different beats you know you have like the the love story you have the the ending kiss in times square and stuff like that um but but yeah it feels it it it, it feels a bit more natural than than like it getting shoved down your throat yeah and i would totally give that to danny devito for you know you know he did it in matilda you know mm -hmm. and i would argue like you said i uh, you know this is darker but matilda is sort of a dark comedy in itself mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. destroying people or whatever but um i just think i after i saw death of smoochie and, and then i i think i had already seen matilda but when i found out that i did i when i looked up death of smoochie i'm like danny devito directed that's crazy back when i watched it like in 2004 or something and then i was like i want to see more stuff by danny devito but apparently this was such a box office flop that we got to get him um directing a few more things by celebrating this work i think yeah yeah i mean he did help with um like when matilda the musical was created and stuff like that he he helped with the development of that and like had some like um back you know background kind of like directing on, on that and that's why this that musical is like really good too and and it is a different interpretation of of his movie too but it's um yeah, definitely it would be awesome to for him to come back in and do something, you know, um, again. Because, like, Matilda was one of my favorite movies as a kid, and it's it still stands up to today of just how, you know, beautifully it is directed and, and, and how it, it handles, you know, Roald Dahl's, like, um, more, like, his, taking Roald Dahl's, like, mysticism, but also, like, grounding it a bit more in realism, and, and I think that's what he kind of did here, too, he, like, grounded, like, this mysticism of, of children's television, and then, like, kind of brought it down to a lot more of a real kind of story, in a twisted way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, yeah, because he only did... One other movie, full length feature after. after yeah, that. it looks like I was trying to see if he did. Yeah, the only thing did one of these. I can't even. I don't even know if he did any episodes. Of it's always sunny or anything like. No, I don't think he ever did that. I well, it, I just looked. Yeah. It said um, he did um, uh, one TV movie, and then he did the one with a uh, duplex with. Um, um, Oh, oh duplex is? is a weird one too. Ben Stiller yeah. and and, and um, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. You've seen that? Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> I haven't seen it's that movie like since this, probably 2005. If you, like that, if you like Death to Smoochie, you would like that one. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta put that on then. Cause, yeah, because after that, he's just done shorts very intermittently. But mm -hmm. I guess he's pretty much been employed from um, uh, Always Sunny probably since about then, right? Like, when did that start? 2000. Yeah. 2006 yeah. or something yeah that's been then, yeah 2006 yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and he's a, a him and his wife are really big producers like they they produce a lot a good amount of stuff yeah 
Yeah, that's the thing. He's like one of those guys who just kind of like does everything in Hollywood, like acts, directs, produces. I think he's even done some writing at some point. Like he's just kind of like, you know, he does whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's, I mean, and he has such a, that's what I think that's so amazing is like, okay, he's always entertaining and what if we watched Junior last year or whatever. And uh, that movie is also, I would say it's underrated. You know what you're getting with Junior. So um, most Danny mm-hmm. DeVito movies, I think, are underrated. But he just, like, makes the film great because they, he knows how to, how to make any scene believable. And he's it's not like he's not incredibly intense or, or whatever as a person. You just believe everything he says. And I think the same thing when you direct it. You, it he, know, he has this fluidity with whatever he does, whether or not it's, like, over the top or silly or... Um, you know, or you're cutting back and forth like five times for for no reason, or doing sex scene um, behind a curtain or whatever. You're just like, oh, I believe it, and you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it makes sense for him to kind of just do this, you know, direct this movie, which is kind of just you know, it's TV inside, kind of like behind the scenes in TV. But you know, him being, you know, that's where he got to start. Taxi, you know, behind the scenes in like TV, and so he knows the kind of like you know, the the back alley, all the stuff with the, the producers and everybody has all these dark secrets. So I think he was definitely the right fit to kind of deliver this kind of movie. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, any any final thoughts on the film, guys, before we, before we wrap up here? Nah, man. I would yeah. go see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, go see it. Get some orange juice with some alfalfa drops in it and, <laughs> and have, a, have a wild time. <laughs> that's one thing i will say is i think that ed norton is really good um when he is being very earnest like this movie and he's always like you said he's in um you know he's always in the wes anderson stuff and he's usually a very kind of like like this very just kind of dork you know like just this yeah. really nice dork in all the wes anderson yeah. movies and that's when he's at his best you know yeah For sure. definitely if you like him in in this definitely go and watch Moon, moonrise kingdom his character is essentially like kind of like a um if you know this this guy's ancestor or, or something. <laughs> i'm a huge Ed norton fan as as well i just think that he's like i don't know he does drama well too and that's why that's why i think he make makes this i don't think he's a particularly funny guy but he works in the in the comedy because the writing was so good and i think because danny devito can make him be like that but yeah, I, when you guys said Moonrise Kingdom, I didn't even think about it. But it, to me, it's like, yeah, almost the exact same character. Very different mm-hmm. um, lighting as the, the that the Smoochie is about. Is. I mean, it's a dark comedy, but literally it's lit in pretty dark like the entire time. I mean, you're in back alleys <laughs> the whole time or on the stages and, and whatever. But um, yeah, I like him and all that stuff too. I mean, that's the thing is I think the cast, then uh, Catherine Keener, if you go watch her films, Danny DeVito... If you go um, Edward Norton, I mean, Robin Williams, I didn't even say first. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I couldn't believe the cast when, when I first saw it. And then it's like, I don't know why people don't talk about this movie more. So I'm glad that we could do that tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, also, I, I just looked up. Oh, well, he's going to be in French Dispatch, but he's also going to be in Knives Out. Knives Out too. Edward. Oh, Green. that so, like, just... he might hit some kind of like, um, comedy uh, a bit more higher than two yeah, yeah. I, I saw this tweet a while ago and it's like fully vaccinated people can now join the cast of knives out too 
yeah. <laughs> it's a awesome it's gonna be awesome man oh i yeah. can't wait that first one was amazing i still you know seeing it in theaters and the sound mix of like daniel craig you know hearing daniel craig in the theater or whatever and i don't know it was such a fun i mean it was like a better produced clue which is an amazing you know i don't know that's yeah. really great yeah no for sure Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, um, thank you again to our guest, uh, Justin Joseph Hall. Uh, Justin, uh, where can people find more of, uh, about you, find some information about you and your films? Yeah, you can uh, follow us on uh, for, at 4 at Films. That's F-O-U-R-W-I-N-D-F-I-L-M-S. Um, or, you know, if you like podcasts, which obviously you do, uh, check out Feature in a Short um, everywhere that um that you get underrated you can find a uh, feature in a short so um you can you can find me there and then uh this month actually if you're in new york or in illinois uh, my short documentary series called marcellus hall an artist in new york city will be playing um mid-november at uh new york web fest and also lake county film festival so if, if you're there come say hi to me Shout us out on social media or uh, go to our go to our website and find our email there. So, thanks, guys. I really appreciated. Um, I mean, that we get to talk about Death to Smoochie. I was I was wondering where, where you know who I can chat about it with. Since yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it was good. I'm glad you brought this one to me. It was it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Sure, but yeah, yeah. Once again, um, Ariel and I have been the Undercast Company, and. Um, enjoyed what you heard from us you can follow us as well on instagram facebook twitter all that um and if you have any suggestions like uh justin did uh you can let us know either by emailing us at undercastcompany at gmail.com or join our discord and let us know there um don't forget to check out ariel's other podcast that she does uh the first of every month you've never seen where we take a look at films that we really should have seen um at this point uh that we haven't got around to yet um if you uh, feel free to, if you'd if you'd like to subscribe to our Patreon for as low as a dollar a month if you'd like what you hear. But just listening um, to the show and mentioning it to a friend helps us so much. Um, but once again, thank you everybody for listening, um, and I'll see you in another life. Thanks for being amazing. <laughs>